Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Med- Medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to this expert-led episode of Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with your extremely pregnant host, author, Caroline Foran. I have recorded all of these episodes well in advance of giving birth and edited them and scheduled them in advance. So at this point, if you're listening, I may have popped. At the moment, I feel like a whale pregnant with a seal. But anyway, we go on. I'm determined to get this whole series done and dusted so that I can go off and have my baby believe you with really good content. So this time we are delving into our endocrine system. What role do our hormones play when it comes to anxiety? What's the job of our pituitary gland? What even is that? And why is this so important if we want to bring down our anxious symptoms? Long story short, your hormones are everything. And we so often overlook them or we're completely unaware of how powerful how powerful they can be. But it's not all in your head, it's all in your hormones. Here, internationally renowned endocrinologist Dr. Mary Ryan helps us to better understand our hormones, the key players involved with anxiety in particular, and she advises us on precisely what our pituitary gland needs in order to function well, which of course leads us to feeling less anxious. Thank you as always so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in and for supporting. And if you find these episodes helpful, please do tip the series over on www.patreon.com forward slash Caroline Foran or via the one-time support button tip function on Acast. Thanks so much, guys. Dr. Mary Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. We're over Zoom. We're not in person, unfortunately, but thank you so much for making the time all the same. You're very welcome, Caroline, anytime. I'm particularly excited about this episode. It's something that I wanted to talk about with an expert such as yourself uh, for so long. And I think when it comes to anxiety, which is the whole purpose of this podcast is to help people understand anxiety better so that they can manage it. Something that's massively overlooked is the role of hormones. And I think people think when they experience anxiety that it's all their fault or it's something they should be able to snap out of or something that's all in their head. And they don't understand or they don't pay any notice to the role of hormones in anxiety so is it fair to say that hormones are a massive have a massive part to play in our experience of anxiety absolutely hormones actually control absolutely everything and the, what people need to realize is the pituitary gland which is the hormone control center which is right at the top of the nose that's the conductor of the orchestra and that controls all your hormones and as i always say to patients we're all skeletons covered in muscles 
but all those muscles need hormones to be activated. So that will just tell you how important uh, hormones are. So hormones control all your muscles, but they also control your immune system. And uh, as you quite rightly said, if that hormone control center um, functions it, it, or dysfunctions in any way and it, it affects the cortisol, which cortisol, as you said, is the stress hormone, right? So if you have, um, if you're very stressed and you do get ele elevated levels of cortisol, that affects loads of different uh, functions, such as example, sleep. So elevated cortisol will increase your sleep frequency. It reduces your short wave sleep and increases your light sleep and you get frequent waking. Now, as a result of that, your hormone control center is going to be exhausted and therefore hormones go down at every nerve muscle junction in your body. So therefore you're going to get the aches and pains that everybody gets when they're not sleeping well. You're also going to get bloating, passing, wind, belching because everyone forgets that hormones control bowel muscle, which is five meters long wrapped up in itself. So you know, high levels of cortisol cause huge problems. And number one is a problem with sleep because it totally affects the circadian rhythm with regard to sleep and sleep is vital. I mean, we all have phones and we all have computers. We use them all day. But if we didn't plug them in, they wouldn't function. We're the very same. That uh, hormone control center of the pituitary just needs to be recharged properly. If it's not, if the sleep cycle is disrupted, then you have high cortisol levels and that in turn causes a myriad of a whole load of different hormonal effects, which has huge consequences. So you're so right. Uh, this, uh, you know, high cortisol levels or when we get very stressed, they, it, it, cortisol is our stress hormone. It's, we call it the fight or flight hormone. It's the stress hormone. But when it gets very high, um, unfortunately, it, it doesn't do well for us, particularly with sleep, but also it causes uh, problems at all the different uh, nerve muscle junctions as well. And that's why people get aches and pains, headaches, um, and, and, you know, causes profound fatigue as well. I want to come back to you on the aches and pains because that was definitely my experience. But just there's, there's a lot to digest there. There's a lot of information. Is it fair to say that when you're experiencing anxiety, whatever reason you have arrived at anxiety, whether something happened in your life or whether you just run down or tired or whether you're worried about something upcoming, is it fair to say that at, in all cases of anxiety, there is an imbalance in our hormones? Without question, without question, Caroline. And that's why people should never blame themselves. Uh, the most common cause of anxiety, I know we all have things going on in our lives, everyone does, no one is any different. But if your, um, your hormone controls and it gets overtired, you're not as capable as dealing with anxiety as you should. So that's number one. So for example, hormones work by circadian rhythm, all controlled by the hormone control center. So it's all, they're all very pulsatile. So hormones are secreted from that hormone control center to every to enhance receptors all over the body, right? And that in turn creates a myriad of, of good effects. But if that hormone control center is tired, then the regulation and the balance, because there's a constant positive and negative feedback going on between the hormone control center and the different receptors in the body. So if that hormone control center is overtired, then it can't cope. Okay, so that's the one, number one thing I say to all my patients. You've got to get your sleep. You've got to. An awful lot of my patients I see when they're very anxious and, and overtired, they, they, they don't get that 
proper downtime before they get to go to sleep. You mustn't have the phone in the bedroom. Uh, you can't watch a very, I even tell my patients not to watch any uh, news or, or any prime time, for example, uh, before going to bed, because otherwise you're going to bed and that's churning and it's, it's making you even more anxious. So I think simple measures like just sort of switching off after nine o'clock, getting a nice bath, relaxing, listening to nice music, that just relaxes you. And, and it helps completely with boosting serotonin levels, which are great um, and, and just help to relax as well. But I think it's very important that we use very basic measures to relax before we go to sleep. And we're not going, like for example, if you're on the phone and you're reading emails, you, you, you are totally uh, causing high cortisol signals to the brain and you are totally um, making sure that you won't get a good night's sleep. You're not helping yourself in any way. So I think very, very simple measures like relaxing and sort of having discipline and having the phone out of the bedroom, put it out in the hallway, have it on airplane mode. Um, it makes it too, it's just putting a block on if you wake up in the middle of the night that you're going to look at it out in the hallway. I just think we need to do that because elevated cortisol really it not only affects sleep but it controls blood sugar, it regulates your metabolism. If it's if cortisol the cortisol is a really important hormone in um, reducing inflammation. Um, it also assists with your memory. So if you're very, very stressed, you often find people tell me they've terrible brain fog, but that's actually because of the high the, the high cortisol levels. Um, the other thing patients often ask me is about magnesium. Magnesium is actually very good. It regulates cortisol and it regulates the brain receptors needed for learning and memory. So a magnesium supplement is always a thing that I always would recommend. But the most important, Caroline, is sleep, eating healthily, pacing, trying to, to have, um, you know, a sort of not letting that hormone control center get overtired. So getting the proper eight hour sleep, trying to get to bed before 12 o'clock, because remember light drives hormone production. So we all know light drives serotonin, which is our happy hormone. So if you can get light energy, you, your energy levels will be, your hormone control center will do a lot better. You recharge a lot better. And therefore, you will have, you know, you'll be 10 out of 10 as opposed to two and three out of 10 energy, which is not what we want. So it's all about eating healthily. Uh, if diet is so important, uh, you really have to cut sugar. Sugar is toxic to the pituitary gland. So try and by all means have a treat once a week, but try and have a good healthy diet with loads of greens, loads of the colored foods, as I say, with the vegetables. Um, you know, start off with porridge in the morning or Greek yogurt and fruit. Have, hydration is key. Uh, you must have five a big glass of water before six o'clock, not after six, because it's going to disrupt that precious sleep. Lunchtime, loads of lettuce, tomatoes, your salmon, your chicken. Keep the bread low. Two slices of bread a day is enough for anyone. And in the evening, then just one potato or a quarter plate of carb, but no more. Half plate of green veg because it's lowest in sugar. You can leave the root veg till Sunday because it's higher in sugar. And then have your meat or veg. So keep the diet good quality food um, and, and just try and uh, omit that sugar or keep it to, to very minimal because unfortunately that, that raises cortisol levels and we don't want that. Absolutely and I think for me something that is overlooked is the power of understanding what's happening in our body so I think in my experience and when I when my anxiety was really bad and, and to this day when people message me there is a rush to know what can I do what can I do and for me such a huge part of managing anxiety and actually bringing it down is understanding 
the hormones involved and understanding how the brain works and I just want to ask you about so there's there's anxiety that we can feel which is very sudden such as if you get a fright okay and you know or if you're about to walk out on the road and a car came that's anxiety that we're all acutely aware of when that happens you can correct me if I'm wrong we get this flood of adrenaline and cortisol and then we kind of come out of that and that's kind of anxiety that we're all used to, that we can all handle and that we can all make sense of but people don't realize that anxiety hormones can be slowly building over time and you mightn't even be aware of it like you you mentioned there about being you know on the news before bed and and that how that stimulates cortisol people aren't aware of that so is there kind of two different way there's kind of short-term anxiety and then there's sort of the ongoing anxiety that where the problems can really set in Absolutely, Carly, you're so right. So for example, if somebody is persistently under stress, and let's face it, everyone is under stress at the moment, okay? It's very much how we all cope with it. So your coping mechanisms for stress are absolutely vital. And I meet people who are under sustained stress and have a lot going on. And there's always an underlying issue for everyone who, who has some sort of hormonal problem. And you have to deal with that as well as dealing with the hormonal problem. But for patients, for example, I'm just going to pull this out of the air and say, for example, I would get patients who would come in who I had one yesterday who had severe emotional abuse going on in her home with her husband. And of course, that's exacerbated now in this, in this where we're, the people are so confined. And we've all heard about the domestic violence going up, unfortunately. But this poor woman had sustained emotional abuse going on for the last 20 years. And that did cause her dreadful hormonal problems. But not only did, did I correct it with medication, but she also did an awful lot to help herself by going for counselling, learning not to react to his uh, emotional abuse and just basically ignoring the guy. Now, that took amazing strength on her part to do that. She made the choice not to leave the home and do a lot of like, what a lot of women do and put the kids first and and. And thankfully, not at a cost to her own health. Uh, she's extraordinary. But you do, uh, you know, you can do an awful lot yourself by learning to, to, to cope, by learning how to react to stress, by, by doing, you know, going for walks, strolls, not overdoing the exercise either. Remember, everything you can do to maintain the hormone control center, to keep that well recharged, that's how you're going to function best. So getting the sleep, not overdoing the exercise, not overdoing the work, so every, every, if that pituitary gland can stay well recharged, then it can react and it can make the, the necessary hormonal changes because that's what the pituitary does. It, it regulates everything. So if that's well recharged, it's able to make the necessary um, you know, impulses to the different receptors and secrete the hormones that are necessary. So for example, if you've got sustained stress and you're not coping very well and you're not sleeping and you're overdoing it at work, then your pituitary gland gets very tired. Then the whole hormone signaling goes totally out of kilter. Then you're getting IBS and then you're not sleeping then you're getting more tired and the whole regulation becomes more difficult. Whereas if you do the complete opposite and you do your best to pace, you meditate, you, you sit when you're overtired instead of keeping going because that makes the pituitary gland more tired. You, you do everything you can to relieve the stress as much as is possible. Um, well, then you are going to help yourself profoundly because that pituitary gland is going to recharge much more. It's going to be helped to cope with the whole signaling pathway much better. So for example, uh, when the pituitary gland gets overtired, you get excess adrenaline. You mentioned that, that's another hormone produced by the adrenal glands. When you get too much adrenaline in the body, that's not good because 
that causes palpitations because that adrenaline will, will not be taken up at the muscle receptors because it makes them overtired. It will flog them to death. So it goes into the bloodstream and causes sweating and palpitations. And we would see this particularly in women around menopause and perimenopause where women have this, and this is why I'm always talking about women have to learn to love themselves they've got to learn to value themselves they've got to start putting themselves first which they're not good at doing and we haven't changed and we haven't improved so i see this all the time around women with perimenopause and menopause where when they're exhausted because of the hormonal change that's going on with the fsh going up in the pituitary and the low estrogen that's affecting their sleep and therefore it becomes a vicious circle because the pituitary line gets tired and what they do is they keep going and they don't sit, they don't listen to their bodies. They don't plug in. And I, you, we always have to say to them, you know, if you were a man, you would plug in. Men are great at listening to their bodies, but it's because they've been brought up that way. They've been brought up sort of on a higher pedestal. And we need to look at that. And women need to put themselves first, listen to the bodies. If you're tired, you sit. You're like an injured player. If you run, you're only making things worse. So you sit, you listen to your body, you let that recharge. And once that hormone control center charges, then you co it copes much better with dealing with, it shuts down the adrenaline excess. You don't get the palpitations. You don't get the excessive sweating. And you have not enough sweating going on with menopause without making it worse. So, okay, I want to ask you just for people to really get clarity. Um, when we are say anxiety neutral, so I'm sitting here, I don't feel anxious. If I start to feel anxiety, can you just explain in very simple terms what is happening at a hormonal level? Okay, so when you get very anxious, your cortisol levels go up. And when cortisol levels go up, that, that would be a normal thing. But it's if it's sustained uh, stress, your cortisol levels is sort of are, are high all of the time. Yeah. And that then affects the body. So that affects your sleep. That affects the, then if you're not getting your sleep, the, the pituitary gland isn't recharging. So then there's hormones down at every nerve muscle junction. So therefore you have aches and pains all over the muscles. Therefore you're, you're, you've got headaches. It's because remember that the whole skeleton is covered in muscles with so the temporal muscles up around the, the temporal area there are, are very inflamed. The neck muscles are inflamed. You get restless legs, which in, in, disrupt your sleep as well. And you get irritable bowel syndrome. So you get bloating, passing wind belching so these are all the symptoms and then you also get palpitations because of adrenaline so the adrenaline excess is secreting particularly at night time it's when people stop that they, they absolutely collapse at night uh, particularly women and that's when they get desperate palpitations and and flushing but it's just because the body is so exhausted it completely um the, you know the adrenaline really pumps then and it's trying to get it to go but obviously that the body always will look after itself so the receptors won't take it up you go into the bloodstream and you get profound sweating and palpitations so they are the two primarily hormones but it's all controlled by that master of, of the orchestra the pituitary gland and it's all about keeping that as 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 well as you can so you can do an awful lot to help yourself so as i said there are some people that can't do anything about sustained stress they're living in very difficult circumstances or they're being harassed at work but what you can do is try and pull back, get yourself necessary help, but also look at what is the best way I can cope with this? What can I do to help myself? So the things you can do to help yourself is do everything you can to get a good night's sleep. If you're dealing with emotional abuse, 
don't react because if you react then they are winning so you don't react build up your self-esteem if you uh, if really value yourself and think of yourself as an amazing person then you won't give it uh, any hoot of what they are trying to do and how they're trying to knock you so then it just they they basically can't get to you and when they can't get to you then they're bullies so they will stop so they, there's an awful lot you can do to help yourself um, get your exercise don't overdo the exercise if you're exhausted and your pituitary gland is wrecked then running around the roads is only going to make it worse what you can do is you can get a stroll you can go out and you can get the lovely sunshine vitamin d helps hugely but the light energy helps as well it's like photosynthesis in plants the light energy helps with the whole hormone production so that helps so there's so much you can do yourself by just uh, you know, having the healthy diet, get the magnesium in, have it good and balanced, get the hydration and all and the sleep and all of that helps with the functioning of the hormone control center, which is the pituitary. And that helps with the regulation. Okay. You mentioned there that when we feel stress or anxiety, we will get a rise in cortisol and that's very normal. So I think people might think of cortisol as the enemy, as something that they don't want to experience, but it's a very natural hormone for the body to produce and it's very necessary and people often wish they didn't have a stress response and that would be a disaster. But I think, could you just clarify that it's okay to have cortisol present itself, but the goal is just to bring it down again if you can? Yeah, oh, it's a very good hormone. As I said, Caroline, to you, um, you know, it, it controls blood sugar, regulates metabolism, reduces inflammation. And even we would find that patients who are very, very fatigued, uh, their cortisol levels might go very low, for example. Now, they do go high in stress, but they can go very low at certain times of the day, lower than they should. And those patients tend to get more, um, you know, viruses and, and sicker more often. So, you know, cortisol is good. Obviously, you just don't want extremes of anything. So cortisol, there's two raised uh, constantly isn't good but equally um, cortisol is a good hormone so long as that it's it's you know it's within normal limits and normal levels so it's as I said it's great for metabolism uh, great for information it's controlling your blood sugar as well um, and remember if cortisol stays high sustained um, it basically can cause weight gain because the cells become resistant cortisol rises um, the 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 um, causes the cells to become resistant to insulin and that in turn will cause a, uh, weight gain so you don't want this sustained rise in cortisol but as I said it's a good hormone but like and like everything extremes of anything are not good but equally if you get over fatigued you can get low cortisol and that causes low blood pressure and that causes exhaustion as well uh, because the pituitary gland is so exhausted and um, that it's not get, getting those ACTH impulses that control the adrenal glands so you don't want that either. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I want to tell you a little bit about my experience, um, just in terms of what my understanding of what was happening hormonally. So, in everyone listening will know my story at this stage. In 2014, I moved from a job that I loved into one that I didn't love and for a number of different reasons I started to feel stress but I, I didn't address it I, I tried to bury it and ignore it and over time that stress nothing nothing major happened in my life but that stress built and built and built and eventually it crossed over into very physical anxiety and one of the things I actually did when I was trying to figure out what I was dealing with was go to a functional medicine doctor and, and I did some tests on my endocrine system and she was able to see very clearly that I had extremely heightened levels of cortisol in my body and they stayed up there all day long and she explained to me and this this has always been helpful to me to understand that because my so the circadian rhythm which I'm sure you can clarify where the cortisol comes up to wake you up in the morning and then it drip drops off and then the melatonin comes up to settle you for the night time but because my cortisol was so elevated it stayed up there all day it never dropped off. So I was lying in bed awake, wide awake, just completely wired, not feeling any tired, like any need to sleep at all. And that started to fuel the anxiety even more. So it's really important that people understand, I think, this circadian rhythm and that balance and that it wasn't just a matter of me saying, okay, yes, you're anxious. Okay, yes, there's these different lifestyle factors contributing. But to understand that there's been so much hormonal upheaval happened in my body, that's not going to go away overnight. Absolutely. And Caroline, I'm sure you, you did a lot of the basic changes as well as taking medication, didn't you, to help yourself? I mean, I was eating so well. I was going for my walks. I was trying to meditate. But for me, the anxiety had gotten so out of hand that I, for me, I certainly, I needed, um, I ended up going on medication because I, I, I couldn't benefit from meditation and stuff. A lot of people have this thing about taking medication and at the end of the day, it's about quality. So it's all about just getting the hormones balanced and obviously doing all the stuff that you did as well to, to keep things normal. But medication is, you know, often people say, oh no, I don't want to take it, but you're much better off to get the thing under control and then definitely off medication and you won't have to stay on it. That, that, that's what my, my message would be people yeah so so just to clarify that their circadian rhythm it is very normal for us to produce cortisol in the morning is that right yeah so the elevated cortisol is in the morning the highest level it is in the morning and then it, it it declines then during the day but it's a whole diurnal rhythm so it sort of waxes and wanes throughout the day and obviously depends on what you're doing as well but it's lowest at night Caroline but obviously that changes if you're very if you're very stressed and anxious it stays high and then that disrupts the sleep cycle but the norm would be that it's very high in the morning and then it sort of waxes and wanes throughout the day and it's lowest at night my anxiety was so horrific in the morning and it took me a long time to realize that what why that was and the way I've made sense of it is that I I had the natural boost in cortisol that we all have in the morning but I also already had that massive deluge of cortisol so it was like perfect storm in the morning and I I would I didn't really sleep but if I would wake up you know seven eight in the morning I would be riddled with aches and pains all over my body it was like I had a terrible flu and I'd have yes. to I'd have to get into the bath every morning with Epsom salts and try I just felt 
it, it was like the anxiety had crystallized in my body and for so many people I know that's I mean that's quite an extreme I, I was my anxiety was quite extreme for me I wasn't living any quality of life I wasn't even leaving the house it was a, such a, an absolute disaster but for me when I realized okay well this is why your anxiety is worse in the morning it's not that you're going crazy and when I realized okay this is why you're struggling to sleep at night even just that awareness took the pressure off me to try and stop feeling it that awareness of, of how the hormones work Absolutely, absolutely. But one of the things I find is that is people overworking, overdoing, and particularly women, they, they suffer from this way more. Um, and and the, yeah, as you said, they, they've, women just have to stop blaming themselves that it's their fault. It's not. There's so many factors. There is the fact that you're, you're working very hard. It could also be, for example, a lot of women that get very heavy periods. That affects the hormone control center and that makes it very tired. And they can be more susceptible then to hormonal problems, including anxiety. So, you know, everything has a reason and for people to say it's in their head or that it's their fault, should, that should never be the case. Uh, I, there's always a reason and it's either that they're overdoing it or that they have uh, very heavy periods or that they got very sick or a very bad virus like glandular fever. Things like that can hammer the hormone control center and cause a complete disruption in the whole horm hormone cycle and lead to a, a load of things, including anxiety. So, so they, the first thing is you never blame yourself. So anxiety, like if we experience anxiety in our life, such as work stress or, you know, what we're all dealing with right now, that will have an impact on our hormones. But if we have some other hormonal issue going on, that can lead to anxiety. So it kind of goes both ways. Totally, totally. And for example, just to mention, um, we all know Kate Middleton and we've all heard about her, but like Kate Middleton when she was pregnant with very low cortisol levels and a lot of women would have this and that it causes the, the dreadful hyperemesis and vomiting. So one of the things we always say to women when they're pregnant, particularly those that have very low cortisol levels during pregnancy, is to eat little and often and keep their blood sugar up and that helps with the, with the hyperemesis. But in actual fact, it's low cortisol. And in the ignorant days, 20 years ago, I'll always remember um, a, a young woman uh, coming in and she said her husband couldn't understand this hyperemesis and he wasn't being a bit supportive. He, his attitude was that uh, his mother had 10 children and she had no problems. And uh, th this poor woman had just very low cortisol and we had to bring her in and give her, um, you know, treat her with intravenous fluid. She was so dehydrated. But, but the reality is, is that this is, none of this is anyone's fault. It's just one of those things. And, and in her case, she had very low cortisol, as a load of women do, by the way, during pregnancy. Would I be right in saying that um, with anxiety, if we, if we just look at it from a hormonal perspective, apart from all the lifestyle changes that you advise or apart from, I mean, maybe it's to do with a trauma that you will just eventually get over or, you know, things that can just rectify themselves. The goal from a hormonal perspective is to soothe and nourish and boost the pituitary gland. Absolutely. So absolutely. So ways of, uh, yeah, absolutely. So medication wise, we would give tablets that would work at the nerve muscle junction just to stop the production of serotonin uh, or stop the breakdown of serotonin. Once the serotonin levels get back to normal, then that, that helps with pituitary function and helps the regulation of the cortisol level. So, so th what's nice about them, Caroline, is they're not addictive and usually three to six months uh, will do very well. And obviously you'd also encourage people to take magnesium as well. And, and the 
go diet and all the lifestyle changes. But usually people do very well. You know what? I always say to me, these medications are always flogged as being antidepressants. Yeah. They're actually, we use them as endocrinologists all the time for peripheral nerve function, which is dysfunction. So for example, in diabetics and thyroid patients uh, and even menopause patients, <clears throat> they get hormones down at every nerve muscle junction and we use them there. And all they're doing is very naturally, they're stopping the hormone being broken down at the nerve muscle junction. So um, they could be used in high doses and very high doses and antidepressant. In actual fact, they're only working on the peripheral nerve at the low doses. So no, um, that they would be the medications that we would use. And as I said, they work very well. And not everyone needs to go on medication. And I know some people choose not to. For me, I definitely felt it was an empowering choice to, to get myself to a point where I had a bit more hormonal balance so that I could then benefit from my breathing and my meditation and my yoga. But can you just, can you explain a little bit more about um, the role of serotonin when it comes to anxiety? So that's kind of like the, your best friend really, isn't it? It is, yeah. So serotonin uh, level is, is basically, that, that's the, the, the happy hormone as we call it. But when we're very tired, the producer's very tired, or the brain is very tired, we have very low levels of serotonin. And that then you're very fatigued and exacerbates the fatigue. And then if, you've, if the producer is wrecked, then obviously the whole cortisol thing is, is all over the place. So by, by getting serotonin levels up, that helps regulate uh, that helps the pituitary down, but also help, helps regulate that whole hypothalamic uh, pituitary um, adrenal axis. And it really helps with the um, adrenaline and the cortisol uh, secretion. So that's why we, we encourage. So it's all about keeping, keeping all of the hormones balanced at the same time, Caroline. So that, that's why we, we, you, you have to get them all right and, and not just one. And one of the things I just want to stress is we see an awful lot of women at menopause and perimenopause with severe anxiety, severe anxiety. And a lot of them, I remember one case, I may have told you this before, but I had one a lovely woman came into me at 53 years of age with the most dreadful anxiety and all brought on by menopause. And the first thing when she came into me, she said, Dr. Ryan, you won't put me into an institution, will you, like my mother? And the reality is, as Carlin, a lot of women were put into institutions for many years um, back when there were menopause years ago, when there was nothing known about this, which was a tragedy. And this woman did, we, I reassured her immediately that that wasn't going to be the case. But she did very well by just somebody understanding what she was going through, reassuring her that she wasn't losing it. This was totally related to menopause and obviously treating her. And she's flying it now, thankfully. But, you know, the, just to, to tell people that, that that can happen. And if it does, there is help to, to be got. But not to be thinking that uh, you're going to be locked away, which unfortunately did happen. Um, yeah, well, that's that's where the stigma has has come from. And I still think to this day, like, I, I, I hope that I'm working hard enough to help bring down that no, stigma absolutely and, and particularly for women because women um, because they work so hard because they don't have the value in society they should because they're not they don't are not treated equally or they themselves don't feel equal they tend to burn out and they tend to overdo it and they, they, you know, we see this regularly. I see it regularly with, with women coming into me with exhaustion, peripheral nerve pain, chronic fatigue. And, and always when you look in at the lifestyle, they are doing the bulk of the work. They are, they are, they are not, uh, they're carrying the load of the family. Um, and they they're, don't have the self-esteem to sort of say to their partner, listen here, I need my time out. I need to do my yoga class where, where the partner is looking after themselves uh, first. So that's something that I'm trying to educate 
motivate women to do that that really have to look after yourself you've got to see yourself as an equal in a partnership and if you have children you can take on 90% of the load you have to ask for 50% um, you know help with with the kids and just because they don't do it that doesn't mean you let them off with it and you just be, be strong enough to, to say, sorry, I'm going out and you, you take over and don't treat them like a, a child. They are adults and let them, beha- let them behave like adults because that is a huge issue with women. That's one of the reasons they get severe pituitary fatigue. That's one of the reasons the hormones go, go all over the place and it's one of the reasons for major anxiety. So there's an awful lot that can be done by just getting women to love themselves, value themselves, and demand of our society that we start treating women equally, which we're not doing. We're way, way down the list um, in, in that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're empowered women, but I would hope that we might educate all those people listening to us that society has to do an awful lot more to empower women and empower our young daughters and because we need to, to have a legacy where there's equality. Because once we have that, then we've got better hormone imbalance, particularly in women, and, and less anxiety and less disease as well. Because yeah. remember, hormone imbalance um, affects immune function, so that's key. You mentioned diet, and I just want to go back to that because I think when my friends tell me about that they're feeling very anxious this week or they're having this wave of anxiety, and I obviously have a, a very acute awareness of it, I understand a lot about it because I've made it my career. Even though I'm not a professional doctor or anything, I, I kind of I, I, I do think I know a bit about what's going on behind the scenes. But a lot of them don't realize that they're slamming two and three espressos each day and they're wondering why their body is feeling so overstimulated and people really I think overlook the significance of stimulants like caffeine and sugar directly on their anxiety and for me when I whenever I find myself in a particularly anxious phase where I'm really feeling it every day and I feel like I'm seeing things through anxious goggles and I'm looking ahead to the future thinking in a negative way and I have the symptoms of it the first thing I do is completely cut out caffeine and completely cut out sugar and almost immediately after a day I feel that already helps just to soften the, the impact of the physical symptoms do you think that's something that people overlook? Yeah, totally. No, no, I, I forgot to mention caffeine earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Caffeine in particular, I, I've mentioned the sugar already, but caffeine, yes. I've no problem with, with moderation, so two cups a day max, but after that, definitely not, and definitely not before you go to sleep. But um, yes, yeah, some, some people, you know, they, they um, do, it's one of the first things I say actually is to drop the caffeine when the cortisol levels are very high. But, um, you know, if you, if you overdo the caffeine, of course you're going to overstimulate. And a lot of these people are doing it because they're tired. So really what they should be doing is listening to the body and recharging and trying to sleep because their body is telling them they're tired and they're not listening. And instead what they're doing is trying to pump it with yeah. caffeine pump the adrenaline and the body is not able for that and that that's eventually going to lead to a crash situation and if you're anxious i mean you're already quite your, your nervous system is quite stimulated as is and then you're just adding more fuel to the fire so to me it makes perfect sense that you would just take away some of that low-hanging fruit and give yourself a chance for that all that hormone to settle down yeah totally totally yeah totally that that's that's the key so you know it's all about there's so much you could do yourself Another thing that's really important um, that I think was a big learning curve for me was to the patience around how it, it doesn't happen overnight just because you think, oh, I realize why I'm anxious. I know, I know I've taken on too much, so I'm going to step back. 
for me, like when I was in that job situation and I eventually admitted that it wasn't serving me well, I thought that as soon as I'd quit the job, I would be fine. And it was not the case at all. And then what ended up happening was because I was still feeling all this anxiety, I started to feel more anxiety because I was frightened of the anxiety and I didn't know why it was still there. And I think it's really, really crucial that people understand that there's a huge difference between knowing something cognitively and giving your body a chance to catch up because it, it it took a while for that cortisol to build up and it's going to take a while for that pituitary gland to get back into its strength its strong position is that right it totally totally but i think carlin the big thing is to is to is to leave in time now that's not always possible but you know the, the big thing is not to let it go too far so when you get to a situation where you were not sleeping at all at night that 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 was a, a situation where the pituitary gland was absolutely exhausted and it was going to take at least six to twelve months to get it back you know to 100 uh, percent so i think the key message is to people is that you know could try and pull out a little earlier if possible you know so identify the root cause try and deal with it as much as you can but don't let it get to a stage where you're absolutely because the further you go down uh, if the if the pituitary gets exhausted the further it's going to take to, to to come back yeah that's interesting because for me i obviously i had no understanding i had no awareness there wasn't really much discussion about anxiety at the time and i got to the point where i was so bad that it it actually did take i'd say about 12 months for me to start to feel like I could lift my head above water and for unfortunately for a lot of people listening they too have found themselves in the depths of anxiety so I really want to reassure those people that you can understand everything you can know everything but it's going to take time for those hormones to find their balance again and and to be kind of to be patient and to be really kind to yourself about that and just because I say to myself okay well I know I'm anxious so why can't I just not be anxious that's why it takes it takes time for for that to happen and then my goal with the books and with the podcast is to help people prevent themselves from ever getting to that really low point by doing all the really simple basic stuff and i think that's where self-esteem comes in as well because if you have a very high self-esteem you value yourself and by valuing yourself you listen to your body more and you you're not questioning it you're actually listening to the symptoms and you're taking on board the symptoms so i think this is what women absolutely have to do in particular and men are much better at doing it women are not and i'm seeing it day after day it's just to to listen to their bodies and when there's something presenting just deal with it don't put it off don't don't you know because if, if it was your child who you adore you deal you deal with it on the spot but just because it's yourself you don't so a self-value system and a self-esteem a high self-esteem is absolutely critical i i, I that that's definitely uh, very important and do you think it's there's any merit in if someone is really really suffering with anxiety do you think it's helpful for them to go and get clarity on how their hormones to do testing and stuff like that absolutely because things like thyroid can be off as well there's loads of other hormones that could be off so thyroid function uh, directly affects metabolism so if the thyroid is either overactive that could be causing sex cortisol and excess adrenaline um, that that would be very important in women in particular have a higher incidence of thyroid disease than men so that would be very important to check out okay um, because you could rectify you could rectify the thyroid and then as a result the anxiety isn't an issue anymore yes absolutely so very important to get to get all, all the hormones um you know the, the relevant hormones checked so just by going to your doctor and just getting a blood test they would they would do those bloods and obviously they take a good history as well so i said already 
um, somebody who had very heavy periods for a prolonged period of time or um, are in a regular cycle, that could be a reason for it as well uh, because that would cause problems with the pituitary gland. Thyroid can do it as well. So just a, a simple history, uh, good clinical history and examining the patient and then taking the relevant bloods would help hugely. Poorly controlled diabetes could cause it, for example, because uh, poorly controlled diabetes can cause problems with the pituitary gland as well. So because it's, it causes that systemic effect. Um, so any hormonal issue can cause a, a major problem with the hormone control center. So you, you just have a virus. I've mentioned that already. Um, mm -hmm. Some people have, you know, got glandular fever years ago, but never actually properly recovered. And um, that, that that's another factor as well. So there's a lot of of factors that could cause it and the, the whole thing is to get, get to the root cause and deal with it and get sorted. So what I always advise people is if they're wondering okay where do I start I'm absolutely riddled with anxiety I would say always to people that they go to their GP absolutely they get their blood test they find out if there's any underlying conditions because maybe that maybe they're going to be chasing their tail about anxiety when really it's another like a thyroid issue for example find out what they're dealing with if everything is fine in terms of those other conditions that would lead to anxiety if there's nothing present and it's just that you're it's stress and anxiety then you turn to the lifestyle changes and the factors and you allow for the time and the patience and the compassion to let that endocrine system reset itself yeah exactly 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 that that's the key so there's so much yeah exactly so so much you could do but you you, you can do an awful lot to help yourself but yes go go to your gp they will take a good history they will find out what's the underlying cause and then they they, they will be able to do the bloods and then give you give you the necessary treatment but if you're if you're living a very high stress lifestyle and you're experiencing anxiety and you think you'll just get over it or it'll just go away that's not going to happen no, yeah. When once it's profound and once you're very, very stressed, you will need treatment. But there's a whole, as I said, it's not just medical treatment. You're going to need that. The, the, it's very important that the underlying cause is identified and dealt with as well. And um, so once you do that, you need the diet sorted as well. So all of those things feed into each other, and that that will help uh, completely eradicate the problem. And even even like people underestimate the role of of therapy and and you know even just our mindset and and how actually that can impact our hormones as well so something that i was so delighted to to learn this year was the role of compassion in actually reducing cortisol and we think as i say this all the time but we think that by being really critical of ourselves that it'll be more self-motivating and actually even by by thinking self-critically and talking to ourselves that way and absolutely for example you know at the moment because of the COVID-19 uh, the hugging is gone and the hugging hormone is oxytocin so oxytocin um, is a hormone that helps you uh, relax believe it or not so a hug helps you to relax so that's that's another so support is very very important and hugging and and touching all help secrete hormones that help you relax and that that's so important so stroking even you know getting your hair stroked all of these things cause different hormone release and uh, they help you relax so that that's so important as well so support is, is so important but even a simple thing like a hugging yeah. um, is very important as well so I, I can't emphasize that yeah whether it's diet or exercise or um, therapy or support, emotional support or medication or any of the different things that can help to reduce anxiety what they all have in common is the impact they have on hormones 
Totally. Hormones control us. The endocrine system is all powerful, really, because it controls everything. It controls absolutely everything. It's very much linked in with lifestyle. It's very much linked in with, with, with your food, etc. But everything has to be balanced to work uh, together in a rhythm. And that's key. And, and if you understand that, then your, you know, your endocrine system will work very well. Your pituitary gland will be well recharged and, and everything will work in a balance. And obviously, there's always going to be something that might put it out of think very important that you identify that and for example if you overdo it or if you don't get proper sleep or you got very stressed but the key thing is that you identify it quickly and you say right I'm going to sort that and you get it sorted that's the key and and I, I've already talked and you've mentioned as well about the caffeine and the sugar just watch that and and the key thing is to remember we're all only going through this life once we're not going to live today again we're not getting another shot at it so it's very important to love yourself enough to actually do everything that, that I'm saying, because we, you know, we, we're not going to get a rerun. So just do your best to love yourself. And in loving yourself, you basically eat healthily, you get your proper sleep, you put the boundaries in place, you, you learn to say no, and, and you really just value yourself. And then if, if that hasn't worked, and then you need more help, then you go to your GP, and they will take a good history, and they will check all the hormones to, and, and give you the relevant help that you need. And as you said, Caroline, there's great counsellors out there, there's meditation, there's yoga, I think yoga is brilliant. Um, and, and the key thing is exercise is brilliant, but not to overdo exercise, extreme exercise is only going to cause pituitary fatigue, and it's going to uh, affect the whole hormonal imbalance. And we don't want that. Mary, there's so much information in there and I really think it's so important that people understand the significance and the role of their hormones when it comes to anxiety of the reason for it coming about as well as how to manage it. And I don't think we're there yet in terms of awareness. So I really hope that with this episode, people learn a little bit more and become a little bit more compassionate with their own very delicate balance of hormones uh, and then it helps them to, to really address anxiety that they're feeling right now and prevent any surges in anxiety going forward. Exactly. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, and, and that's what we need to do. Totally agree. Thank you so much for your time. So helpful. So much information. And I'm sure people will really appreciate this. So I can't thank you enough. And hopefully we will see each other in person again soon. Lovely, Caroline. And mind yourself and everyone listening, mind yourself at this tough time. But we will get through it and just keep optimistic. Thanks okay. so much, Mary. Talk soon. Take care. Not at all. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.